Yowza, 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 indeed. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Matt Kennedy, one half of the Five Films From podcast here. Wanted to take a second today before Todd and I get started on the episode to say thanks for listening. And to ask that if you've been enjoying the show, make sure you like, subscribe, and maybe even leave a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. Doing that's going to really help us to connect with more movie-loving listeners just like you. Also, we wanted to give y'all an update on some of the stuff we're working away on for Season 2. Got a lot of good episodes lined up real soon. For example, uh, Todd's currently editing our two-part season premiere on five films from... It's actually going to be ten films from the two-part, or we're going to be doing Brian De Palma. We'll also be gonna getting into some more idiosyncratic stuff with guys like Stuart Rosenberg and Larry Cohen, as well as you know real Hollywood legends like Robert Altman and fan favorites like John Landis and Tony Scott. Again, be sure to subscribe so you can be among the first to hear all of our newest five films from content as soon as it drops. Totally. Lastly, if you're still listening, <laughs> be sure to be on the lookout for our upcoming Patreon feed. We'll be offering all kinds of bonus episodes, things like double features, commentary tracks, etc. 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 And special things like five films from directors who have only made one film and five films from the 70s disaster movie genre. Absolutely. So yeah, a lot of things lined up, good things on the horizon for FFF. And yeah, that's all I got for you. Enjoy the show. With Mac Kennedy and Todd Edmondson. President's Men is, is the third movie of the uh, Paranoia Trilogy, 1976. I think it's probably Alan Pakula's best-known movie, uh, yeah. most likely. Won a couple Oscars, nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Um, it's a good movie. It's the movie, of, uh, a story of Woodward and Bernstein at the Washington Post, and they're yeah. sort of reporting on the Watergate scandal. Based on the book. Based on the, the book. same name. Um Screenplay by William Goldman. Yeah, one of the great uh, screenwriters. One of the greats. Uh, he won. Gordon. He won an Oscar for this movie. One of two wins. Uh, there you in go. This movie. Gordon Willis photography again. Once again, who did the music here? Is it Michael Small? I think it is. Let's see. No, it's David Shire. Tally. Oh, David dad. Shire. That's yeah, right. That? That's right. So that's the one I think. I meant that to write that down. Michael Small. Yeah. And then I don't know who did starting over. We'll have to see. Um, Oh well, that's that's another that's a whole other. Uh, oh, you know what? It's yeah, it is. It's Marvin Hamlish. Yeah, he 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 wrote all of those ridiculous songs, but really we're getting funny. ahead of ourselves. So that's yeah. a, that's that's going to be our that's comedy. Another, uh, yeah, we'll get, get to we'll that lighten another. lighten things up, but that's a great movie too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I noticed all the presidents' men. Uh, the, the The credits are interesting because it says a Robert Redford, Alan J. Pakula film, and Dustin Hoffman gets top billing. 
Huh, interesting. Yeah, and yeah. Redford's not listed as a... And you know what's funny? If you look at the poster, it says Redford Hoffman, Old President's Man. Yeah, so yeah. So it's almost like they did one of them have top billing on the poster and one of them on the actual movie. Right, right. I guess putting his name as producer was enough. Yeah, I think that was probably what Pretty what clear who was in it. But, uh, the other producer, too, credited is Walter Koblenz, and that's a name we've seen a lot in this, mm. pod, in this podcast already. He... Direct uh, when on our Michael Ritchie episode, Down Racer and The Candidates. So he and Redford oh. were big collaborators. Excellent. And actually, in Down Racer, the name rang a bell again because you know the moments when Redford is skiing and they have like the the video screen with the standings on it and it's yeah. like one two three da da da. The guy who was in fifth like the whole time was named Koblenz, <laughs> and so it's it must be a reference to this producer who he's worked with a bunch of. That's times. like the Hitchcock cameo, right? You know, yeah, you gotta, gotta get, so get that, in there once somewhere. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. Yeah, well, this um, this movie, I mean, it's just a roller coaster ride, and and you know you know the story, but you just don't you don't realize how much work these guys put into uh, a story that Jason Robart says, you know, Pew Research says 60% of the American public doesn't even know what, what, what Watergate is. You know, it just was like a blip on the radar and they were hitting it and hitting it. And Jason Robarts, I think, did he win? He won the he won an Oscar also. He, he the first of two in a row. He won the next year also for a movie He's called so Julia. phenomenal He's as great. a publisher in this movie. Absolutely yeah. is yeah. a great part of this movie. Yeah. Well, what... We talked about who who won the Oscars for his movie already, Goldman and Jason Robards. Um, there's another thing that I wanted to mention here about this movie is just how many Oscar winners are in it and also nominees in the cast. And, I mean, you're going to obviously know your Redford and your uh, uh, Hoffman and your Robards, but it goes a lot deeper than that in terms of that. Do you want to take sure. a guess on how many Oscar winners oh, and nominees God. are in it? I don't know. Um, um they, they, they credit Martin Balsam as a special appearance. Five. So five winners and then four more nominees. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. That's very huge. Do you want me to go through them? Sure. So we got Dustin Hoffman, uh, Jason Robards, Redford, who has won an Oscar for Best Director, but it counts. Martin Balsam is an Oscar winner for a movie called A Thousand Clowns, where he plays Jason Robards' brother. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's wow. a movie from the 60s that I've not seen, but I'm a big Balsam and Robards fan. Yeah. And then the fifth one, this one I didn't know. This one I had to look up. F. Murray Abraham is in the very beginning as a cop. The cop who uh, comes in, the plainclothes cop with a hat, that's F. Murray Abraham. Uh, no shit. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then the nominees is Jane Alexander, who got nominated for this movie. Right. As the bookkeeper. He's the right. bookkeeper. Jack Warden is an Oscar nominee. Hal Holbrook was nominated for uh, that movie he made, the Sean Penn directed movie, Into the Wild. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for that. And then our boy Ned. Ned's yeah. in this movie. Ned. Ned, who was nominated this same year for Network, but he was in this movie, too. Yeah, so there you go. Nine <laughs> people, uh, actors, either nominees or winners. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, it is yeah. crazy. So it's like a huge cast. It is cast. crazy. Um, and I do love the peripheral characters. I got confused because um, who who is the guy... Um, the guy and I and all I remember him from is the first Star Trek movie. Stephen Collins. Stephen Collins. Yeah, the Seventh Heaven Dad, who's there. Uh, you uh, go. The uh, uh, confessed sex offender, right? Yeah, he's a uh, molested people. He's a yeah. Yeah. well. He's he plays uh, an aide to who uh, uh, to hunt to or uh, uh, 
Haldeman, I think. Haldeman, right? yeah, yeah. He was a. Sl- He's the one who wouldn't wouldn't say Haldeman, he was but he Sloan, wouldn't. Say yeah, it. he was the bookkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, his wife, I saw his wife, and I'm like, holy shit, is that Catherine Ross? But it wasn't Catherine Ross. Meredith Baxter. And Meredith Baxter yeah, before right. she became Meredith Baxter Bernie. Yep. Uh, she's pregnant and he's like, I'm just going to, I'm moving, I'm selling my place, I'm getting out of here. It's just like another one of these people who, uh, like in the parallax view, you've got people who are saying, I feel like my life is in danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's exactly, yeah. That's... I know they're watching me and I, and I just, I'm just going to leave and hope it blows over. And you notice that in um, each of these movies, like, they all kind of, uh, each of the first three we've talked about confront that idea of like, yeah, I, yeah. There, there's nowhere I can turn. I just have to shut up and keep my head down because I'm going to die. Yeah. And you know, each time it's like, you know, include it was sort of this one ambitious dipshit at a chemical company in parallax view. It's like this corporation with tentacles everywhere. And now here it's like the U S government. U.S. government. Right? <laughs> like it's each time the conspiracy gets bigger, but the dynamics are the exact same. Exactly. Like it's, the it's, same. it's, it's yeah, really yeah. interesting. I love that. And then you've got, you've got, uh, you've got a small, in this case, two people, but you know, in each movie, somebody is trying to get at, at mm-hmm. the truth at all costs. And everybody else kind of, uh, doesn't take them particularly seriously in the you know, like, yeah 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 at least and in parallax view in this movie yeah. in parallax view he just didn't he had very little help at uh, only at the very beginning and Hume then, Cronin tried to help but he didn't yeah, work. yeah he, didn't he, didn't, he didn't last too long he got the pep yeah he got the pep pep in the coffee um yeah and and uh, you want and, your coffee to have pep but not that much <laughs> not that kind of pep right <laughs> um one of the early one of the early aids um that um dustin hoffman and dustin hoffman it's carl bernstein's got he he can schmooze it out of anybody yeah. I mean, the the thing with jane alexander is she's very ambivalent about talking to anybody about anything she's got and, a very great scene yeah yeah, yeah and he, he, he when he's so when he's finished with her it's compressed but he comes back to woodward and he's just got like scraps of paper yeah, yeah, yeah. and matchbook covers and shit and he said you know i drank 20 cups of coffee he's i was all kinds of hours also yeah. lots of cigarettes in that movie <laughs> yeah. dustin hoffman is singing it up the whole time <laughs> <laughs> they get in the elevator yeah, and Red Fur looks at him and like, smoke. anywhere you don't smoke. Uh, or when they're interviewing, I think they might be review, interviewing Hugh Sloan, the Stephen Collins character, and Redford goes, I'm a Republican. I am too. And, and Dustin often gives him the funniest look. That look, look like, is so great. Yeah. yeah like I, Which like, I think is accurate. Yeah. Like, Woodford, like, Woodward was a Republican. Yeah, yeah. he was. And uh, Bernstein clearly wasn't. But it's sort of like, you're telling me that I'm finding this out yeah, right. now this in the how, middle wait, of all this shit. Are you, like, what is like, and what he's almost fuck? like, are you lying? Now? Like, you, know, you couldn't. It was very funny. Expression. And he knows Redford is, you know, the 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 Woodward character is not. No, he, he's not. He wouldn't use the kind of uh, leverage and the kind of tactics that Bernstein uses, which is just mm-hmm. to schmooze and to say yeah. anything and install. And so, in the, anyway, early early in the ro- uh, early in the movie, there's a. Um, he's outside, uh, Burns, uh, Hoffman's outside with a young woman. Why are you looking at me like that? You're attractive. Jesus. You are very attractive. You know, my girlfriend told me to watch out for you. Who? I'm not giving any names. Well, that woman outside. is Penny, Penny Pizer. 
No, she's really pretty. She was wearing like the green shirt. With yeah, the collar. yeah, yeah. And I she's sort of like, yeah. and she's sort of like a, a you know, and just an office clerk for yeah. for somebody for Colson or somebody. Yeah, and she's just kind of one of the first people they talked to about yeah, the phone book for, yeah. for uh, Hunt. Yeah, and he and Bernstein is just kind of like he's the veteran of the paper, and actually Woodward has been on the paper for nine months, and they make a point of saying that earlier right, in the movie yeah, that really, he's kind like, of a rookie. Uh, um, yeah, but it's just the tension of, of trying to, you know, Jason Robards is like, Yeah, I've got it. Where's the goddamn story? The truth is, I can't figure out what we've got. I don't know, it still feels thin. And, and uh, I love the newsroom scenes where, where... Yeah, I was going to talk about that too. Yeah, yeah. Rose, uh, uh, um, Jason Robards, as the publisher, Ben Bradley, has got all his editors around the table. And uh, there's four He's got this great. There's four national, economic, you know, whatever their categories are. And uh, they go through and they do, do, you know, and it, it, it constantly reminds you I got a paper to put out. And this story is not as big a story. Right. It never was as big a story as it was until it really mm-hmm. became. The thing that, they talk about how like nobody else was really trying to cover it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know that in real life there was a lot of New York Times stuff going as well, and I guess that was probably downplayed for the sake of this movie. Well, they but, referred yeah. to how the Times scooped them on something. Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, but yeah, it's it's very compressed. Yeah, but I think compressed, but largely like I don't think there's any like inaccurate things in it. No, no, no. Yeah, it seems very. Uh, yeah. Sort of like so much of it is like interviewing people and names and like just yeah it's I mean if you I'm I've been like knee deep in Watergate since I was very young. Oh, me too. I had well, you lived through it. I had all these insane flashbacks watching this movie, and I've just kind of like been obsessed with it as like something I've been reading about my whole life. So it's not hard to follow necessarily. But I can imagine somebody who doesn't know who fucking, you know, Hunt and Coulson and Liddy and all these guys are going into it. There's a lot of, like, you're, because the movie was released when it was released, there's a lot of, like, you're going to know a lot of who these guys are going into it, so it doesn't bother explaining it. Mm -hmm. Which is good. I don't mind it. You know, it works for me. But I do, the question is raised in my mind, like, would somebody else my age or younger than me, like, relate to this at all? Or yeah, just it's a good go question. It's a good question. Which I don't. It's it's like an interesting thing where it's like the movie seemed to probably work at its absolute best the moment it was released. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was very. Uh, it was very uh, in real time. Yeah. Seventy six. I remember. Seventy six. I was. Uh, well, how old was I? I was eighteen. Uh, eighteen. Jeez. Yeah, and uh, but I remember, you know, seventy four. I remember when he resigned, and I remember all of that shit happening. In fact, Hunter Thompson, uh, I think it's a great shark hunter. With most of his McGovern coverage. They oh, that's about a fear and loathing. Fear and loathing. Yeah. yeah, I think he referenced fear. Uh, he referenced Watergate. How how bugged people got because the hearings just went on and on mm-hmm. and on, and it was on TV constantly. And they're like, "Where the hell's my show?" You know. Yeah, what, right. What what next for weird Betty? Shit. I think yeah. was the show he had talked about. <laughs> but yeah, it it was it was all consuming um, at the time. I'm wondering if uh, the January sixth committee hearings are going to be like that. I, you know, certain networks are going to. I think it's a different atmosphere because of how TV just media is consumed so differently. Yeah, like, nobody's yeah. going to be watching the same channel all day anymore, no matter what's on. That's right. Well, yeah. there's so there's so many. Uh, the, like Bruce Springsteen said, there's 52 channels and nothing on. 
Uh, and he said that in the beginning of cable, and now there's just thousands. Of now there's things. just as much on with much more channels. <laughs> <laughs> Many more channels, yeah. not much else on. But that was the interesting thing about Watergate is that um, what I liked about the scenes in the newsroom, which was just really uh, that, a fantastic it's place. It's got this like, propulsive, chaotic energy to it that it seems like that that make me think, Context be damned, this is just good filmmaking. I don't care who Colson and, and you know, uh, uh, Hunt and et cetera are. This is just, like, really yeah, exciting. Yeah, it really like, is. Like, the split-diopter shots of Rob Redford on the phone, where the whole newsroom is... All sorts of chaotic things are happening, all sorts of these potential distractions. But because of the split-diopter that Pecula uses, Redford is also completely in focus. So it gives this impression where he's on the phone... And he's just ha he's insulated so hard trying to focus on what he's hearing. Right. But this chaos is going on around him. Yeah, yeah. I raise a lot of money. I'm, uh, I'm Midwest Finance Chairman. For the committee to reelect. Hello? Yeah, yes, that's right. Now, how do you think your check got into the bank account of Watergate Burger? I'm uh, a proper citizen. What I do is proper. Oh, I, I understand. I've just been through a terrible ordeal. My neighbor's wife has been kidnapped. Oh, um, well, how do you think your check got into Barker's account, though? And he's trying to act like totally calm while learning. It's just a really good... I mean, a, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a couple of scenes where... Um, where they're both at their typewriter, and it's kind of a wide shot, and you hear... The yeah, got this, yeah, and you hear the soundtrack of whatever's on the news. Yeah, that's right. And and it's Agnew, oh, Agnew, Nixon, oh, who was it? Agnew and... Uh, and who else came out and said, oh, Woodward and Bernstein are full of shit, you know, it's... it's uh, it, it, it's oh, slanderous. The, and, the Attorney General Kleindienst came yeah, on. Yeah, Kleindienst. He went on Dick Cavett, actually. Yeah, yeah, Cavett yeah. Again, there's a great exactly. clip of him on Cavett. Yeah, exactly there was some, a lot of historical clips going yeah. on. And when you hear when you hear the soundtrack of the TV news at the time while the newspapers are going, I mean, that's just a golden age of... of uh, we, we were talking about how, you know, um, my cousin Brad Edmondson, a, a wonderful writer, wonderful friend and human being, he said, you know, what will we do without the Washington Post and the New York Times? I mean, even now. But a lot of it is that era where they're, you know, where they're, they were the yeah. news. Well, then especially. Then yeah, that's yeah, what then I mean. Especially. Yeah, then you, those, those are your choices. Because you now they're like, you know, and you didn't get those newspapers unless you lived in the in that those area, central sure. areas too. And it's not like I mean, yes, they were still obviously. Catherine Graham was big money, and the you know, New York Times was big money, but it wasn't corporate big money. It was individual big money. So right. it seemed like they would take risks and go places that will not happen today. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. And they'd already been bitten uh, bitten in the ass by William Randolph Hearst, who's just the king of. Uh, in fact, he gets. He gets the, the term yellow journalism was coined for his newspapers, and, uh, basically. Joseph Pulitzer, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, right. So this is a really cool um, really cool window into the news um, news gathering. And funny thing, I'm getting back to Bernstein. The, he, he's lived there for so long. He knows, like, people who just work, and, you know, he, he's got a lot of there are people scenes in his Rolodex, like but, but Woodward has got this deep throat, his Hal Holbrook character, that's Woodward's big connection, mm -hmm. 
and they're very surreptitious. They meet in a parking garage in the dark, and uh, they're very careful. He's very Woodward's very careful to take two taxis. He says, "I'm not going to talk to you about. I'll tell you. What does he say? No, I have to do this my way. You tell me what you know, and I'll confirm. I'll keep you in the right direction if I can. But that's all." And Woodward gets really frustrated with him after about the third meeting. But I'm you can like, see how scared he is, too. How scared Hal Holbrook is. Yeah, like, yeah. Going through all this. It's like Jane Fonda in Clue or Warm Baby in yeah. The Paralyzed View. Exactly right. It's it's just that, that it's paranoia, you know, because uh, as William S. Burroughs, a wonderful writer of Naked Lunch, said, a paranoid is somebody who knows all the facts. Right. Just, yeah, <laughs> just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get me. That's right. It's like, uh, always <laughs> trying to live by that rule. So that's a, yeah. This is a wonderful, uh, you know, because they... They get to where they're basically told by Deep Throat that their lives are in danger. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the, the movie kind of shifts into another gear. At that it point really does. End. Yeah, you the think. Last 15 minutes. Yeah, you think uh, Jason Robards, they go to his house and they were like, uh, this is getting really fucking serious. And, and Robards is like, nothing's riding on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters, but if you guys fuck up again, I'm going to get mad. <laughs> and, you know, that's, he won the Oscar for playing Ben Bradley. That I also, I didn't talk about this before, I missed it when we were talking about that Oscar year. I also wanted to mention who he won over, like the other nominees. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How wild it was. So, um, Lawrence Olivier from Marathon Man. Ooh. Burt Young and Burgess Meredith from Rocky. Okay. Both. And then the fifth one is our boy Ned. My favorite performance ever in any movie is Ned Beatty in Network. In Network. Yeah. Oh, so, God. yeah he was in there, too. It's you a, are messing with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Beatty. And since he showed up in this movie, it passes our uh, Ned Beatty, Charles Durning, Brian Dennehy test. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. Ned is like a, he's like a sheriff in Dade County. He's a district attorney. District attorney yeah, in Dade yeah, County. Yeah. Yeah. One of them. Okay. You and I are going to have to have an agreement that you're not going to reveal the source of your information. All these are cashier's checks on uh, is all Mexican a bank in Mexico City. All these checks from Mexico? You see? How come? Did money originate there? Well, I doubt it started off as pesos. That's the thing. Uh, that We were talking about this off mic. Um, Hal Holbrook. Uh, deep throat character coined the term follow the money and uh, we were thinking that's probably the first cultural reference to that and that's it's just become a, a, a universal it's a edict. good it's a good like starting point for if you have a question about anything follow the money that's like I always think of it as like almost like the scientific method of just yeah. how, to, how to solve this problem exactly follow the money. and that's the thing in parallax view that's fr uh, that's frustrating about the movie is you just don't know who who owns parallax corporation where's the money who, coming who, from like it, are are they working on their own behalf or are they literally taking clients like oh kill this guy for me yeah yeah like, are they just uh, are they just corporate professional killers for hire and or so, is somehow it... they have some way of being hooked back in with the power because of those senate scenes or the committee scenes yeah yeah it's just really uh, it's 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 really uh... it's... and although this doesn't involve um, all the president's men doesn't involve political assassination it's certainly um, the the downfall of Richard Nixon, which, uh, which is a sort of a, uh, he sort of assassinated himself right, in a yeah. strange, in a strange way. Well, that's what Holbrook even says. Like, 
it's not Watergate. It's all these other operations that are going on up to and maybe including planned assassinations. Who knows, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Like, especially if you consider like things going on in foreign countries. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Mitchell started doing covert stuff before anyone else. The list is longer than anyone can imagine. It involves the entire U.S. intelligence community, FBI, CIA, justice. It's incredible. Cover-up had little to do with Watergate. It was mainly to protect the covert operations. It leads everywhere. Get out your notebook. There's more. Probably everybody. The deep state, right? That's what it is. The deep state. You hate using the word deep state because, you know, the phrase because of who else often uses it, but that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. And funny, Deep Throat, um, uh, it was within the last year or two that um, the actual Deep Throat person came out in public. It was... A, Mark Phelps. It was... A, it was it, it was, was longer than a while. Than that. Yeah, it was, was it? in like I remember it was before he died. I think I saw it again recently. It was right before he died. Yeah. It was like, it was... His daughter or granddaughter, somebody's his daughter said, yeah, you, know, was, you ought to just tell him. 2007 or something-ish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was just, a while ago, but yeah. I just saw that again when the, recently. When the movie was made, it was not known. Oh, Certainly not known at all. Yeah. And that was, that was another... Who, who is that? You know, you know it's an actual person. And again, it's like, who... Who's behind everything? You know, you always wonder who's behind the and do the front men really? It's like the the way that Woodward and Bernstein just dig through all of this bureaucratic kind of crap and all of these bank accounts and who had to and and uh, and the committee to reelect the president. A lot of paperwork, a lot of people. Like another thing, on all these packing movies, people just taking tons of notes. Like yeah. a lot of paper. Yeah, a lot of paper. Yeah, I was thinking that about the newsroom. It's just piles of paper everywhere. I really like the Donald Segretti character. What was that term you guys use for screwing up the opposition? Rat fucking. That's right. And you were just doing the same kind of stuff when you were out campaigning for President Nixon. <laughs> let me tell you something. We did a lot worse things in college. <laughs> Look, let me ask you something, Carl. What would you have done if you were just getting out of the Army, been away from the real world for four years, to know what kind of law you wanted to practice? And one day you get a call from an old friend asking if you want to go to work for the President of the United States. Jeez. Chapin was the appointment secretary for Nixon when he called. Yeah. Listen, if those sinister things really happen, I don't think Dwight knew anything about him. He just did what he was told. Told by who? Wasn't Roger Stone in with those guys, that same crowd? I I'm think he was. Yeah, I'm almost certain letter. he was, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got Nixon's... Uh, a tattoo of Nixon on his back or something. Yeah, yeah. Fort Lauderdale <laughs> resident Roger Stone. Oh, brother! Yeah, Los he was... Olas loves walking down the street on Los Olas. Uh, I haven't seen him, but like I've seen pictures of him. I very easily could have seen him. Like he's right by my house. Well, it's funny that um, that um, Rachel Maddow did a really nice um, podcast, and and uh, it's a program too uh, called Bagman and it's about how thing, yeah. about Agnew was just kind of uh, running a criminal enterprise on his own which is like not, it's like a footnote part of uh, yeah, this, yeah, this, this movie doesn't knows. mention him yeah. at all you see him talking on TV about uh, saying that you know Woodward and Bernstein it was slander and it's none of it was true blah 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 denial and uh, that's all you see of a 
But yeah, he he was just as big a crook yeah. as anyone. Oh sure, that's it, it, was, it was just classic. Yeah, that's, that's what happens when you're like the number two guy and you're overshadowed by a more sort of high profile crook. I don't get noticed as much. Well, it's funny. I think um, you know, th- there's a lot of people growing up, growing into their life when they have Trump mm-hmm. is hard enough to deal with. But yeah, I keep telling my kids, you know, Trump is way worse than Nixon. And when you watch All the President's Men, you realize um, you realize that the, the crime is as big as the cover-up gets. And the more people involved in the cover-up, again, it's like any other conspiracy. Somebody knows. Right. Somebody knows something. There, There's too many people involved. You can't pull off something like this without a lot of help. Well, that's why I think, like, the, like, the key of a lot of these sort of conspiracies that are in real life that I think people might miss or maybe it's just kind of my thought on it is a lot of the time, even the P you know, like Joe Pesci said in JFK, but who the fuck pulls whose chain? Who the fuck knows? Oh, what a deadly web we weave when we practice to deceive. And who killed the president? Oh man, why don't you fucking stop it? Shit. Who did, this is too fucking big for you. You know that? This is who did the president? Who killed Ken? Fuck man. It's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. The fucking shooters don't even know. Don't you get it? Fuck, man. I can't keep talking like this. You're going to fucking kill me. I'm going to fucking die. A lot of time, the active participants in these things don't, they're kept in the dark about it, like this other gunman in the parallax view, right? So I, I, that's why these things, to me, the logic of, oh, it would fall apart if it was a conspiracy. Well, I don't know. It's I don't mainly know just a either. bunch of people rowing in the same direction. You know, two or three people need to really know. Other people are acting their self-interest and running in circles. Yeah, exactly. Doing what their boss tells or them. Or they're on a team, you know. Yeah, it gets back right. To, gets back to North Dallas 40, mm-hmm. you know. We're not the team. They're the team. We're the equipment. Welcome yeah. back to the Every Movie is the Same podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We like to thread everything together as tightly as They're possible. all the same. Even the movie is the same. <laughs> all right, well, let's take a break. I need to smoke a cigar. Yep. All right, man. <laughs>